You're listening to Bad Habits, a sermon series about some of the destructive behaviors that can hurt us. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. This really is um, one of my favorite days for the church, one of my favorite Sundays, because we get to talk about one of the sayings that we say literally every week here at the church, and that saying is, be blessed and bless others. Be blessed and bless others. Now, I don't uh, know if you know this or not, but we live in a world where people tend to wear their feelings on their, on their sleeves, on their shoulders. I don't know if you know that. A couple of weeks ago, we took Brianna Grace, our oldest uh, daughter, to uh, the doctor in Jackson. And so while we were there, we actually ended up taking our five-year-old Sadie Kate with us. And so it's me, Amanda, Brianna Grace, and Sadie Kate, and we get called back to the doctor's office, the doctor's exam room, or whatever you want to say. And so we're sitting there waiting on the doctor to get in there. And I've got Sadie Kate, my youngest, just kind of curled up in my arms. She's five, but she's really small. And so I'm, I'm holding her, and I'm looking at her being kind of silly, and I'm saying, you're my baby. This is my baby. And she's looking at me with those big, beautiful brown eyes, and she's got one of her hands, and she's like, she's like drawing on my forehead. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, this is my baby. This is my baby. And Sadie Kate, she looks at me, and she says, Daddy, how come you look so much older than Mama? <laughs> I said, what? And she said, you look old because you got crinkles on your face. And I said, no, I don't. And she said, yes, you do. And I said, well, I'm not old. And then Brianna Grace, my eldest, you know, she came to my defense. You know what I'm saying? She said, Sadie Kate, daddy's not old. You don't even know how old he is. And Sadie Kate says, yes, I do. He's 83. And I I said, what? And she said, you're crinkly. And I said, no, I am not. And so I put her down, you know, and then I went to stand up. And when I did, my knees were popping, you know. And so I walked over to the mirror in that exam room. And I'm looking to see if what Sadie Kate said was true, if I really got crinkles. And I was like, I do have crinkles. And so she said, see, Daddy, I told you, you're really crinkly. And so I did what any father probably would have done in my situation. I looked at her and I said, you know what, Sadie Kate? I'm telling Santa Claus you've been bad and mean and you're not getting anything for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? And so, again, I don't know why, but we just we tend to wear our feelings on our sleeves, on our shoulders. And what I mean by that, because we do that, if someone is nice to us, we'll be nice to them. But if someone is mean to us, we'll be mean to them. But that's not how Jesus commands us to live our life. In Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 28, Jesus says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. That's what he said. Jesus doesn't say, treat others the way that they treat you. Jesus says, hey, even when they're mean to you, be nice to them. Remember when you were growing up, you probably heard something that was known as the the golden rule. Anybody ever heard the golden rule? Well, do you know that that's straight from the teachings of Jesus Christ? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, Jesus said, so in everything, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law of the prophets. The apostle Paul, he even echoes the teachings of Jesus Christ in Romans chapter 12, verse 14, when he says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. We are to bless others. Why? Why are we supposed to 
bless others because we've been commanded to, but that's not the only reason why we're supposed to bless others. We're supposed to bless others because we ourselves have been blessed. Folks, do you know that if you are a Christian today, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, do you know that you are blessed? Do you know that? It's true. In fact, look at the person sitting next to you and say, you better know Jesus if you want to be blessed. Tell them. Now tell the person who told you that, say, well, you better know Jesus if you want to be blessed. But I'm serious. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are blessed. How? Because if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, that means that you've got an inheritance that is out of this world. I'm talking about a place where the streets are made of gold. There is a crystal sea. There is the tree of life. Man, you've got the physical presence of God that's going to be there. And the Bible says he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more weeping, no more death, no more pain. If you are a Christian, you are blessed. But... You can clap. I mean, you know, if you want to. But that blessing that you and I have is not some far off blessing. It's not just some far off blessing. We're not just blessed in the future. We're blessed right now. Why? Because we've got the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. And he promises never to leave us and never to forsake us. He walks with you on life's mountaintops and he walks with you in the valleys of life. Man, the same promise that God gave to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 is also true to you and true for me. He said in Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We just celebrated Christmas. One of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel. That name means that God is with us. Us, we are blessed, and we're not just blessed so that we can consume everything that God has given us on ourselves. We're blessed by God so that we can bless others. We're blessed as individuals and as a church so that other people can actually experience the goodness of God right here on earth. And I'm going to let you in on something that's real deep, real deep. Here it is. Y'all ready? Here it is. We're all different. I don't know if you know that, but it's true. We are all different. We're different. We come in different shapes. We come in different sizes. We all look different. We have different hairstyles. Some of us, our hair is thinning out. We look, we look different. We even smell different. We really do. I'd tell you to smell your neighbor, but that would probably freak them out. Uh, so don't do that. But some of y'all are going to be trying to wonder if y'all passed the smell test because I said that, you know what I mean? And so I'll just tell you, if you don't want to be embarrassed, you know what I mean? If you want to kind of do it non-chalantly, you know, just discreetly, what you do at the end of the service, rate, you know, worship with your hands raised so that you can see whether you know, your secret told on you or your, your, right, your right guard took a left, you know what I mean? You'll be able to find out. But we're all different. And so that means that we have different preferences and we have different opinions. And so if I was to ask you, hey, what do you think the greatest place on earth is? There's a lot of different answers that we would get. Some people might say, well, I think that Disneyland is the greatest place on earth because you like going and riding rides. You like cartoon characters. You like things like that. So you think that is the best place on earth. Somebody else might say, well, I think the, the best place on earth uh, would have been to be at the Egg Bowl this past year and watch Ole Miss get destroyed by a team that got destroyed by South Alabama. 
Maybe that's the, the, best, the best place in the world. Some people might say, hey, you know what? The best place on earth is to be in a swimming pool. The best place on earth is to, to be fishing by a lake. The best place on earth is to be on a rocking chair, on a porch, just looking at the mountains. If I was to ask you what the greatest place on earth is, we would have a whole lot of different answers. But I want you to know that the greatest place on earth, hands down, is the church. It is. You and I right now, we are actually a part of the greatest thing on planet earth. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, pastor, if, if the church is, is, is the greatest place on earth, I, I'm not sure that that's true because I've had some bad experiences at church. And I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that because I, I've had some bad experiences at, at some churches. But here's the deal. The church isn't the greatest place on earth because of the people who make it up. It's not. It's not. See, some of the nicest people that I know are church people, people that would give you the shirts off their back, people who would just love you. They're so generous. They're so kind. Some of the nicest people I know are church people. But then on the flip side, some of the meanest people that I know are church people. I'm serious. Some of the, some of the most selfish and hurtful people I know are church people. But that shouldn't push us away from the church. In fact, that should actually make us feel welcome. Because think about this, if everyone at church was perfect, if everyone at church was, was perfect, how much pressure would be on us to be perfect? If everyone at church was perfect, I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel like that would be a place where I could belong because I'm not perfect myself. The church isn't the greatest place on earth because of the people who make it up. Because again, this church, every church is full of people who got problems. I got problems. You got problems. All God's children's got problems, right? If you don't think you got a problem, that's your problem. You know what I mean? And so some of us, again, we, we, we checked our problems in at children's church today. Some of us drove our problems to church some of us are sitting next to our problem. You know what I'm saying? Don't point. But I mean, we all got problems. We all got problems. We really, we really do. I got issues. Again, man, the church is not the greatest place because of the people that are there. The church is the greatest place because of a person named Jesus. The church is the greatest place because of Christ. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, the scriptures say, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue on earth and under the earth will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. No one, no one, no one has impacted this world more than Jesus Christ. No one. He was born in a small village. He was born to a peasant woman. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30 years old. Then for three years, he was basically a traveling preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never owned a home. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never set foot in a large city. Uh, he never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born. He had no credentials but himself. And his enemies convinced the crowds 
to crucify him. He was buried. He was buried, and he was placed in a borrowed tomb. But after three days, man, he rose up from the dead, and now 2,000 years have come, and 2,000 years have gone. And I'm telling you, there is still no other person who has impacted the human race like Jesus Christ. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, man, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected this world more than the one person, and that is Jesus Christ. The reason why the church is great isn't because of the people who make it up. The reason the church is great is because of the person of Jesus Christ. Our life, your life, our life, my life, all of our lives have been positively impacted by Jesus Christ, whether we want to admit it or not. It's true. And yeah, we can look back on the history of the universal church and we can see some bad things. We can see some negative things. We can see some things that aren't good. But let me ask you a question. Would you like somebody to look back over your life and only judge you for the negative things? I don't think so. See, the truth is each and every one of us have done some things that we're not proud of. We've done some things that we're ashamed of. We've done some things, again, that have hurt others. And so the church is not great because of, of the, the people who are here. The church is great in spite of us. The church is great because of Jesus Christ. And this church, Elevate Church, it's not a perfect church, but I sure am glad that God has called me here. I'm glad he's called me here. And while we might not be a perfect church, since the perfect church really doesn't exist, the truth is God has still blessed Elevate Church in some incredible ways. God has been very good to us. And so I think it's good to, to, to take a stroll down memory lane. I think it's good to remember some of the things that has happened. Take a stroll down the 2016, again, memory lane. Because a lot of things happened in 2016 that you and I you know, can remember, right? You know what I mean? Like 2016, you know, it brought us the dab. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what I'm saying? Y'all like, what is the dab? Well, it means it's an acronym, destroy all bacteria. When you sneeze, you know, you're supposed to dab. You know what I mean? I'm just kidding. It's a dance move. But I mean, 2016, it, it brought us uh, hatchimals. Have anybody seen what those are? It's an egg that hatches, and there's a toy in there. I don't have one. My kids don't have one. But I watched it on YouTube, and I was like, man, this is amazing. So, I mean, you know, 2016, there was a lot of great things that happen in the culture, but there were also a lot of great things that happen right here at Elevate Church. God was good. Did you know that 11 people prayed to receive Jesus Christ in our worship services this past year? 11 people. Man, if that, if that doesn't get you excited, something is wrong with you, because that means that 11 people were headed towards an eternal place of destruction, but now they're headed to a place where Jesus Christ is going to be forever. Eleven people indicated on the back of our connection cards that they prayed to receive Jesus Christ. I believe there were more than eleven that did that, but eleven cards were filled out saying those people took that step. In fact, last week at the end of our uh, Christmas service, I got to pray with uh, a, a lady here who wanted to give her life to Jesus Christ. So that's at least twelve people who have given their heart to Jesus Jesus Christ as a result of our services. Man, that is exciting. Did you know that 31 people, 31 people were baptized in our services? 
31 people took their next step with Jesus Christ, in their walk with Jesus Christ, and they made a public profession of their faith. That's amazing. We also had an opportunity to minister, or we did minister, to over 800 children as a result of our children ministry outreaches. Things like our egg hunt, our community-wide egg hunt, things like our uh, trunk or treat, things like vacation Bible school, over 800 children we were able to minister to. We had over 700 live listens to the services online. That means that there were 700 times where people might not have been able to be at our church service or just people who found us online decided they wanted to check out the church and so they listened to the sermon and so they listened to the services. They were impacted again by the church, by Elevate Church. See, our campus might be right here in Vicksburg, Mississippi, but the entire world is our mission field. We've had people from all over the world submit prayer requests to our church. People all across the nation have presented, uh, given us uh, prayer requests, and so we've been praying for people. Did you know that this past year our church gave over $20,000 to outreach events and services? We used over $20,000 to influence and impact our community right here for Jesus Christ. We help people in our church and also in our community with their bills some of the people uh, had not had power for several weeks, and so we helped them with their light bills. We helped them with their rent. We helped people get their cars back up and running. We helped people with gas. We sponsored kids to go to wind-shaped camp. We sponsored kids to go to church camp. We provided hygiene packets every month to the homeless people of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Our children's ministry, again, even got involved in service projects and outreach projects. They made handmade cards to deliver to the emergency personnel in our county. They also made goodie bags to pass out to them. Elevate Church, we provided money or helped raise money for the local children's shelter. We gave money and helped raise money for the CPC, the Center for Pregnancy Choices, a place that really helps young mothers and reluctant mothers realize that a baby's life is precious. We gave money to the Gideon's ministry to help them place Bibles in hotels and schools all around the world. Our church packed over a hundred shoe boxes to be sent to less fortunate kids around the world, boxes full of toys and hygiene items. We passed out over 5,000 bottled waters at Riverfest all for free. Why? Just because we wanted to bless others. We've given away clothes. We've given away coats. We've given away groceries, canned goods. We're in the process of giving 50 chairs to Lifting Lives Family Shelter right here in Vicksburg, Mississippi. We've done so much. The children's ministry, our children's ministry, their average weekly attendance has increased by 10 children each and every week. Our attendance right here in the worship service it has been up. The adult attendance has been up this past year. Did you know that in 2016, we had a 125 first-time guests, 125. 125 people filled out that, that, that connection card, that information card. You say, well, where, where are all of those people? Why didn't they stay? Well, how many of y'all have ever been on a date before? Some of y'all are like, oh, me, I've never been. Well, maybe this is the year. It's a new year. Somebody's going to ask you, right? But so what about this? Before you got married, maybe, you know, somebody asked you on a date. Well, how many of you, you know, you got asked to, to go on a date and maybe that person 
you know, never called you back to ask you to go on a second date. You might not want to admit it, but it happens from time to time. I mean, you know, you went out on a date. Things were good. You thought you connected. You thought it was going to lead to something deeper. And so you waited and you waited and you waited for them to call you back. And they never called you back. Well, did you know that of those 125 people who visited our church for the first time, that some of those individuals just heard about our church in the community, and so they wanted to come and check it out. Some of them heard the pastor preaches in flip-flops, so they wanted to come and see if that was true. Some heard he was weird, so they wanted to come and see if that was true. Uh, But of those 125 people that came, the first time guests, did you know that some of them were invited by our church members? Did you know that? Some of them were invited by our church members. And after they came the first time, they were waiting and waiting and waiting on you to ask them to come back. we got to do a better job following up. But 125 first-time guests visited our church this past year. That's amazing because some churches don't have 125 first-time guests in 10 years. It's true. And so that's amazing. God has blessed us. He's been good to us this year. And you know what? I, I really believe with all of my heart that the best days of Elevate Church are still ahead of us. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to do even bigger things, even greater things, even more than we can even imagine. Why? I believe that because of what God's Word says. See, God, who cannot lie, says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. God is able to do more than we ask, more than we imagine. And folks, I, I am imagining big things. I am imagining greater things. And so for the rest of the time that we have together this morning, I want to tell you three ways, three ways that you can help greater things come to your life, where three, three ways that God will be able to do more in you, for you, and through you in 2017. Because if you and I will do these three things as an individual, I know that God will do greater things right here at Elevate Church. So if you're keeping notes and you want to write them down, the first thing that I want you to see will take us to new heights in our walk with God is this. We've got to reach up we got to reach up. See, I know you know the story of Jesus walking on water. I mean, it's one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. If you don't know the story, what happens is Jesus, the, the disciples, first off, they're in a boat, and they're in a storm, and they're out there by themselves, and then Jesus starts walking towards them on the water, and, and this story is found in Matthew chapter 14. And so as Jesus is walking towards the disciples, old Pete looks out, and he says, he says if, that's, if that's you, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you. Tell me to walk to you on the water. And so Jesus looks at Peter and he says, all right, come to me. And the Bible says in verse 29 of Matthew chapter 14, check this out. It says, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know exactly what this looked like, but... but but who, when, when Peter started to sink, who did Peter call out for? Not a trick question. The Lord, Jesus, right? He called out for Jesus. Now, again, I wasn't there, but I can't help but think that Peter did more than just call out 
to Jesus. I can't help but think that Peter was reaching up for Jesus. Peter thought he was going to drown. And so I can see him calling out and reaching out. And Jesus, here's what happens in verse 31. It says, immediately Jesus reached out and his hand, reached out his hand and called him. Well, folks, here's what needs to happen in 2017 for you and for me. We need to decide, you know what? We're not just going to call on the name of the Lord. We're going to reach out to him. We're going to reach up to Jesus more than we ever have in the past. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 13, these are God's word. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Again, we need to reach up for Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Let me give you three practical ways. If you keep a notes and you want to write them down, the first thing that you need to do is read your Bible. Read your Bible. You say it's boring. No, it's not. The Bible is not boring. If you think the Bible's boring, you're not reading it right, okay? You're just not. Man, the Bible is crazy. There are all sorts of crazy things in there, all sorts of funny things in there, all sorts of sad things in there. Seriously, the Bible is amazing. Read the Bible. Get in God's Word. If you look at the Word and it seems overwhelming to you, you want me to tell you how to get in the habit of reading the Word? Here, yeah, Robert, tell us. Okay, I'm going to tell you all. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. It's January 1st. January 1st. If you just can't seem to get in the habit of reading the Bible, what you need to do is you need to try to read a proverb every day. Guess how many chapters of Proverbs there are? There are 31 chapters of Proverbs. So on January 1st, you should read, 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 read Proverbs. No, I don't do that. Anyway, you should read Proverbs 1. All right. On January 2nd, you should read Proverbs 2. Just get in the habit of reading the Word of God. Reach out to God. The next real practical way that you can reach out to God is by committing to come to church. Committing to come to church. I know it sounds simple, but there are so many people who only come to church on Christmas, Easter, or other special occasions. They're CEO Christians. You know what I mean? Don't be like that. Here it is. It's the first of the year. It's the beginning of a new year. Commit to coming to church every Sunday for the next 90 days. Every Sunday, you say, I can't, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm telling you, reach out to God. Reach out to God. Say, you know what? In 2017, I'm going to reach out to him more than I ever have in the past, so I'm going to come to his house. Read the word. Come to church. And the third thing, real practically, that you can do that will help you reach up to God is pray. Pray. It's amazing how many people just won't pray. Don't pray. It's, I just don't, they don't do it. You say, well, when I try to pray, I, I fall asleep. How many of y'all ever done that? Fell asleep. Come on now, be honest. Some of y'all ain't raising your hand, you liars. You need to don't do it. We're starting a new series next week, too, called Bad Habits. Don't lie, okay? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, I think it's happened to all of us. I'm going to tell you exactly how you can, you can keep from falling asleep when you're praying. Keep your eyes open. Don't close your eyes. You say, what? I don't close my eyes when I pray. In fact, I remember somebody telling me one time, they, they, they didn't like me as a pastor, as a preacher, because I didn't close my eyes when I was praying. I said, well, how do you know unless your eyes were open too when I was praying? I don't like you as a church member. Just kidding, I didn't say that, but I thought it, you know what I mean? But here's what I'm saying, man. Just pray, pray. You say, man, I just don't know what to say. I'm going to give you an acronym, something that will help you pray better, okay? It's the word CATS. 
Each letter, again, stands for something. That C stands for confession. Take time to confess your sins to God. Confess your, your sins. Tell God where you have messed up. That A stands for adoration. Take time to tell God how awesome He is. Adore Him. That T stands for thanksgiving. Take time just to thank God for all the things that He has done for you. Thank God for everything he has given you. Then that S stands for supplication. And that's where you begin asking God to meet needs. But don't just pray that God will meet your needs. Pray for others. Reach up. Reach up for Jesus more than you ever have. And I promise you, I promise you, if you do that, greater things will happen in 2017 for you. So if we want to be taken to new heights, we want to go to new heights, we need to reach up. The second thing, if you keep a notes and you want to write it down, is this. You need to look around. You need to look around. Look around for opportunities to do good. Look around for opportunities to be the light of the world. Look around for opportunities to be the salt of the earth. Look around for opportunities to be a blessing. One time Jesus was talking to some folks and he said, you know what? A time is coming when God is going to separate people the same way someone separates sheep and goat and so goats. And what he says is this. He said they're actually going to be separated based off of the things that they did. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says the king one day is going to say, hey, you know what? He's going to look at some of these people and he's going to say, come on in, man. Y'all did such a good job because when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I needed clothes, man, you hooked me up. You were good to me. And then he's going to say, hey, you know what? But you guys, you guys get out of here. Y'all didn't do any of that stuff for me. And then they're going to say, well, wait, 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 God, when did, when did we see you in that situation and not help you out? When did, when did we see you like that? And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 45, he will say, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. I'm telling you, that means that you and I need to look around. We need to look around. We need to look around for ways, again, to be a blessing. Look around for people who don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. Look around for those people so that you can tell them who Jesus is, what God has done in your life, and the difference knowing Jesus makes in your life. Look around for those people and invite them to church. Invite them to the greatest place in the world. Invite them to a place that's been changing lives, lives for 2,000 years. Reach up. Look around. And finally, the last thing that I want you to see this morning that you need to do if you want to go to new heights is you need to pour out. You need to pour out. You need to pour yourself out. Give of your time. Give of your treasure. Give of your talents. You say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to serve but I'm not going to give of my, my, my treasure. I'm going to hang on to my money. Well, if that's you, you're not pouring yourself out. You say, hey, well, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to give money, and I'm not going to give of my time. I'm not going to serve. If that's you, guess what? You're not pouring yourself out. See, as Christians, you and I are supposed to imitate who? We're supposed to imitate Christ. And when you think about the way that Christ lived his life, it's interesting. 
How did he live his life? In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, the Bible says this, Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, watch this, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave. He emptied himself. He poured himself out. He became a slave. He became a servant. What would happen in 2017 if each and every person in this room decided, you know what? In 2017, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to serve God. Instead of asking God to serve me, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve him with everything that I can. What would happen if we said, hey, you know what? Everything that I have, it belongs to God. What would happen if we said, you know what? I'm just going to empty myself out for him. What would happen? I'd tell you that, I'll tell you that 2017, you'd see greater things happen. Greater things. So will you join me? Will you reach up? Will you look around? Will you pour yourself out? Let's go to new heights as individuals. Let's go to new heights as a church because, folks, we've been blessed and we need to continue to bless others. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.